Are you paying for Facebook ads or investing time, money, and effort into guesting on podcast shows to grow your e-list? Have you been hoping for more sales from your list, or maybe you're cringing at the open rates you're getting from your emails? Part of the problem is likely your email deliverability. And what a lot of marketers are not equipped with is the strategies and knowledge to increase their domain health and deliverability, clean their list, segment by engagement, and format emails in a way that increases their chance of being opened and read. So this episode shares six steps to increase your email deliverability. Let's get started. So hey, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, <laughs> who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's dive in. Hey guys, one of the main goals for guesting on podcasts is of course, lead generation. You want to capture those leads, grow your e-list, nurture, convert, um, obviously to get paying clients, right? Now, what a lot of guest experts don't realize is that when they're getting those leads into their system, a lot of those emails that you're sending out are actually not even hitting the people's inboxes. They're not being opened. They're not being clicked. They're not being engaged with, and people aren't taking action. So on this episode, I'm going to share some industry secrets that a lot of marketers uh, don't realize. And after cleaning lists and improving email hygiene, boosting email health and domain health and following a lot of new protocols, um, I've been working with my clients and they have been going from like eight to 11% opens to 67 and more emails are actually hitting inboxes and people are opening them and taking more action, which obviously leads to sales. I've learned a ton of this um, information from Active Campaign, from Keep, from email deliverability experts and articles. And a lot of it really, I do credit Evan uh, Samirin of Fundamental Marketing. And I've worked with him with a couple of clients and the results have been amazing. So thank you, Evan. Shout out to you. Um, so I'm going to go through some of the different steps that you can take to help improve your email deliverability for the leads that you're getting through guesting on podcasts. So the first step, and this one is absolutely crucial. Um, and the sad thing is, is that keep an active campaign and all those CRMs, they don't actually tell you this when you sign up painful, so annoying. <laughs> but um, as part of the email deliverability process, in, so I'm just kind of going to explain how it works. So when you send out emails, obviously they're going to, you know, Outlook, Gmail, Yahoo, wherever. Those mail servers work to determine the authenticity and legitimacy of your email. So, you know, in comes an email from, you know, I don't know, <laughs> Lindsay at smoothbusinessgrowth.com. Then they check to see is that e that domain, that email address reputable? Is it restricted? Is it blocked? Is it blacklisted? Is there anything wrong? Like, are they really who they say they are? And is what they're sending legit? And did this person really request this stuff? 
they want to know that it's from a reputable source. And so when you're, I'm going to give you a couple of quick tips and then the main one. So one, make sure that you're emailing out from an actual domain. So if you're using active campaign, get response, AWeb or whatever you're sending, do not send emails out from like support at info at, and then also don't send out from like a hotmail or a Gmail. When it, it has that prefix of support or info, it feels like it's not coming from a real person. And so for them, it feels like it's not reputable. So those couple of quick tips. Now, in regards to authenticating your domain, um, you may need to go to your web developer on this one, um, but you do want to make sure that your domain has DKIM and SPF, that they're verified. Now, if you go in the back end of Keep Active Campaign, whatever you have, there is a spot under settings that will say authentication. And then it'll have you like click buttons and it'll give you information about the DCAM records and the SPF records so that your web developer can change those DNS settings in the back end of your domain where your, your website is hosted. Um, so you may just take a couple of extra little steps in the back end. Once those settings are changed within your DNS settings, then when you go back to that authentication page within the back end of your CRM, you click validate, authenticate, whatever their language is. It should go through a process and then give you a little tick mark to say that the domain is verified. So that is absolutely crucial when you are sending emails out from um, a CRM or email provider. The second piece is checking your domain health. Now, there are tools like, um, and I'll have them in the show notes, obviously, it's mxtoolbox.com slash domain. Um, there are other tools out there, and you can obviously check in with your web developer to make sure that your domain and also where it's being hosted on, so again, whether it's Bluehost, HostGator, SiteGround, or whatever, is your server or your domain is it getting red flagged and also is it being blacklisted anywhere? So that will need to get fixed as well. The third one is a little bit more time consuming. Um, and that is the list cleanup. You know, it, it's funny. And I've kind of gone back and forth with clients over the years so much with this, you know, you have like, Ooh, I've got 10,000 people on my list, or I've got 6,000 contacts in my list. Honestly, those kinds of stats are for vanity. It's great to have 10,000 contacts, but if, you know, 50% of them are not opening, they're not clicking, they're not taking action, they're not buying from you, they are dead weight because they're not going to buy from you, right? And an unknown fact is that if you are sending out, let's say 5,000 emails and 40% of them are not opening, they're not engaged, maybe some of the emails are invalid or whatever, that is going to affect the deliverability of that other 60% of contacts that you have that do get your stuff or do want to open it or do care about your material and your expertise. Um, it's almost like the CRM, again, Google, Microsoft, whatever, not CRM, sorry, your email servers, 
they're deeming those emails as unsafe because they know that like, they know those stats, right? Of you're sending out 5,000 emails, 60% of them or 40% of them are not opening or not engaging um, or a bunch of them are invalid. They naturally see your reputation as, you know, it's lowered. They're not looking at you in a great light to say, Ooh, yes, let's make sure we put that email in this person's inbox. So those contacts that you have that are, you know, unsubscribed, hard bounces, invalids, unengaged, they are dragging down and affecting the deliverability of your hot leads. And that's really, really important to know. So there's a few areas that you can um, cut out all those dead leads. The first one is unsubscribes or opted out. You absolutely have to remove those contacts that have opted out or unsubscribed. If you're emailing them accidentally somehow, then obviously you're going against those spam, can spam rules and those, you know, bigger standards. And you can actually get your CRM account um, shut down. And I've seen it happen before and you won't be able to get that back and you're going to have to start all over again, which is harsh, right? Um, Now, email providers now more often than not will actually be set up in a way that if people opt out they there's no possible way for them to receive emails so it just like even if you select their name it just won't even go out so and that's part of their like protection settings in the back end so to speak but you just want to be mindful of that And again, there are some CRMs you're paying by the number of contacts. So having, you know, 10,000 contacts or however many that are unsubscribed, you're honestly just wasting money. And they have different, sometimes they have different names for what those opts out, opt outs or unsubscribes are. Some of the titles for their email status will be feedback or spam reported, or opt-out system, or unsubscribed, or opt-outs. And sometimes they have like, uh, I know like for Keep, for instance, has about five of them, and they each have their own meaning. But when you are deleting those contacts, you want to make sure that you're deleting all of them, right? Not just the one. So just want to make sure that, that you know that. The other area are hard bounces. Now, if the email addresses are not accurate or, you know, maybe they created the email address and they no longer use it, which happens a lot, the email is going to hard bounce. So obviously they're not getting it in the first place. So you might as well get rid of all those leads that are in there. You can though look to see if there are any where it's just a typo. And I've seen this before where it's like, gmail.com instead of gmail.com or it's gmail.co instead of .com. So if you, you know, check these on a day-to-day basis, you can keep up with that and you can actually just change it, save it, and then resend the last email just to make sure that they're getting it. Um, So that's a quick trick. But all the other ones that are like totally not legit and they're hard bouncing, delete them. 
The other one is invalid. So that's another uh, email status that most CRMs have. So again, basically they're saying that the email address is completely wrong. Kind of like when you've got a wrong phone number, right? And you punch it in and they're like, that number does not exist. Please try your call again. Same thing. So the email address is just completely invalid. Again, if, if you happen to see that there's just a weird spelling error or that you know the person is legit, then you can likely fix it. But in most cases, it's just, you know, it could be a bot, it could be spam, it could be tons of different reasons. So just delete them. The last one is un unengaged. Now, most email marketing tools should have the ability to segment your leads, segment your contact records for those that are opening, are clicking, are engaging in your content. And if a contact is not engaging in your, in your material, and it's been like six months or 12 months since they've even taken any action that they haven't opened, they haven't clicked again, that is dead weight and sending out to those along with your active contacts is dragging down that email deliverability. And if those people are not engaging not opening, not clicking, like really what's the point? They're obviously, they're not going to take action. They're not going to buy from you. So just um, get rid of them. If you do want to, you can export the list and keep it and maybe kind of like go through it. Or if you've got their, their addresses, maybe you can mail out to them or you can, you know, if you have a sales team and have do outbound calls, there are other ways that you can reach them. Or you can even upload them if you're doing Facebook ad campaigns and, um, you know, retarget them that way. So you can still kind of use those leads, but you don't want them to clog up the wheel in your email marketing and your uh, ability to deliver those emails. Having said that, you should absolutely have a re-engagement protocol. And what I mean by that is if your leads haven't opened, clicked, engaged in, let's say three, four, five months, give them a specific tag or put them on a specific list and put them through a re-engagement sequence. This gives them the ability to then be like, oh yeah, I haven't read your stuff in a long time. No, I don't want you to go away. You're, you're still important to me. I still like your material, you know, click. Yes. Still send me the stuff, please. Or, and I'm again, the whole re-engagement sequence, it, it's like a whole topic for another podcast episode or a blog or whatever, but basically you're also enticing them with maybe different offers to, you know, pique their interest and keep them engaged. Um, and so by keeping them engaged, you're like putting them back in the bucket, so to speak. And they will start to kind of move a little bit and take more action and open. Um, doing a re-engagement sequence with my clients, we've seen about, I'm trying to think of the percentage, I guess about 25, 30% that end up kind of coming back or staying. And those that don't, again, get rid of them. They're, they're dead weight. <laughs> so, 
So now that you have purged all of these, you know, different contacts that are really not serving you at all in your email provider, um, you then want to make sure that you're going to do some list hygiene on an ongoing basis to keep your list clean. So that means removing spam emails and bots. And so you can have a team member go into the back end, see who your new contacts are, and then just kind of like quickly go through them to see again, like, or you can tell which ones are spams or bots or like a bunch of numbers at God knows what.com. Um, those that are hard bounces, again, you can fix any that have a typo or, you know, we're just typed in wrong kind of a thing. Um, then you also want to look at, you know, okay, those that have opted out and unsubscribed in the past week, get rid of those babies, those that are unengaged. Um, and I would say they're saying 60 days right now. If people haven't engaged in 60 days, they're kind of like put them through the re-engagement sequence and then get rid of them. Um, other people are doing 90 days. So it's just kind of like what you feel is right for you. Look at your stats, look at your numbers, look at your list. Um, we've, I've kind of gone back and forth with the 60 or 90 and I, uh, both are fine to me, honestly, and then make sure that they're going through that re-engagement sequence. And then if they're not engaged, you know, get rid of those dead leads. Now, here is an amazing resource. It's called Deliverability Dashboard. And they also have um, a program in there called the Deliverability Defender. And it tags your leads based on engagement. So in case your CRM is not really that great at um, kind of getting you that information and segmenting your list that way, this way it tags them based on, oh, they haven't opened in this long or that long. And then you can push them through a re-engagement sequence. And it just helps you segment and know which of your leads are, you know, your high priority and which ones are not, and which ones you need to kind of like purge out. The next topic that I want to go over is the emails that you're sending out. So obviously you want to email those that are engaging and that do want to take action and do care about the content that you're, you're sharing with them. Um, now I use keep for a lot of, uh, our clients. And because of that, we are actually able to send out emails based on engagement. And so with this method, we actually split up the, the viable contacts that are like engaging and what have you, and that are tagged as the newsletter list or whatever you want to call it. We split them up into three tiers. So tier one are those that are highly engaged. They are new to the list and they have engaged over the last two weeks. They are like the hot lead list, so to speak. And so we want to keep them in this one bucket because the likelihood of them opening up like all of the emails or most of them opening the email, sorry, are higher. And then the second tiered are like moderately engaged. And then the tier three are less engaged. And again, so like going from 45 days to 60 or 45 to 90 days, depending on what you're doing and why they're set up in three tiers is that because that tier three less engaged bucket is it'll have a lower percentage of those that are going to open and click. 
So we don't want that batch of people to affect the deliverability of tier one who are highly engaged and new to the list and they're hot leads basically, right? And since having done that, that has like the open rates have been um, amazing for my clients. Again, moving from that 11% up to 67%. Um, so that's what I do love about keep. I know some people are like, oh, keep, they hate it. They love it. <laughs> um, I actually don't mind keep. There are things that I don't like about it, but again, that could be a whole topic for another day. <laughs> um, and then, so in essence, when you've got an email and you set up your draft, you are sending it out once to tier one, sending it out to, you know, twice, another time to tier two and sending it out to tier three. Um, so you are sending it out to those three separate groups and you're still going to like minus the tags of your clients. You're still going to, um, not send out to those that are unsubscribed. Um, so you still kind of play with those, that tagging, right. To make sure that you're sending it to the right group of people. The last thing that I want to cover is how you're setting up your emails and what they look like and how they're formatted. Believe it or not, it actually makes a difference. Um, so I'm going to give you a few little tips here. Now, people used to personalize emails in the subject line, and that was said to be the way to get someone's attention and that they will open up the email. That has changed. <laughs> so I guess all of the spammers out there and people that are emailing, you know, in an incorrect way and spamming the heck out of people, um, they too started using that trick. And so now the email servers, Google, Microsoft, whatever, they're like, Ooh, when people personalize now that to them tr triggers a spam warning for them. So do not personalize the subject line. Hey, Jennifer, here, here's a great thing. Um, you don't want to put their name, save that for the body of the email. The other tip when it comes to the subject line is no camel writing. Now that sounds like a bit of a weird phrase, right? So what that means is, um, the text in the subject line do not have an uppercase letter on the beginning of each word that flags a spam for the email providers again. So just use like a sentence, right? Like uppercase for the first word and then all lowercase, or I've even seen where it's been all lowercase. Um, obviously have uppercase where you're like, using someone's name or your program title or a city, like stuff that makes sense, but don't have every word as, um, an uppercase letter. Cause it's not, it's not a title, right? It's kind of like a sentence. You also want to avoid linking to outside sources because they deem that as being unsafe or a risk. So sending links that are in your domain, blogs, podcasts, anything on your site, go for it. But it's kind of like when it's like an outside source or you're sharing someone else's resource, 
a YouTube link, a Facebook link, a TikTok link. Um, it does trigger spam. Sometimes you have to, like, I've got a client that sends out replays. She does like a live Facebook and then she puts it in YouTube. So she does send out a replay and that is like the Facebook link. Hey, did you miss this? Or if you're not in Facebook, click here and you can look at it in YouTube. Um, we have been tracking the stats on those emails just to make sure that it's not affecting the deliverability, but because she doesn't do it very often, it, it hasn't affected her, um, poorly yet. So, but it's always good to kind of like test and then just kind of like check all those statistics, right? Speaking of testing, you also want to test your emails. So create dummy accounts. So create a Yahoo account, a Gmail account, Hotmail, you name it. It can be whatever. And then when you set up like your e-zine or any kind of email, then send it when you send a test to yourself to obviously check links in the format, make sure there's no errors or proof your client or whatever, then um, also put those test emails in. Log into those accounts, see how they show up. Because I've noticed too, like I've put in emojis in the subject line and when it's sent out to, you know, Hotmail, honestly, the email didn't even hit the inbox. I was like, ooh, that's not good. And then when it hit another email provider, um, the emojis actually showed up as like weird code. So of course no one's going to open that up because they're not going to trust the email is from you and that it's legit, right? So testing emails is a really good way for you to take those preventative measures to make sure things are being set up correctly. There's also a really cool um, software out there uh, called um, Mail Tester, which will actually test your email for spam. So one is mail-tester.com. So check that out. And then that way you can see like, hey, does this email trigger spam before you even send it out? The other tip is to use preview text. Um, it amazes me how many people don't actually know what preview text is or use it. So when you get an email in your Gmail or whatever, you obviously see the subject line, but you know how like right underneath it or beside it, it will show like a preview of what that email is about. It like gives you a little taste. So if you use that preview text section, your email will show up nicely. It teases what's in it and they're more likely to open it. Now, when emails are, have like an image at the top or like an email header or banner, and if you don't use preview text, the only thing that's going to show up underneath the subject line is like some gobbledygook code. And that obviously is going to fire off spam flags to the recipient and also to the email um, server, like Google Outlook. So definitely use the preview text and avoid an image in the top of the email. So I know that was a lot of information and I hope you took notes. Um, this episode is not all inclusive. There is so much more that goes on behind the scenes. And of course, you know, the actual content that you're sending, setting the expectations up ahead of time when people are opting into your list 
to uh, minimize opt-outs and so forth. And there's other strategies, tips, and nuances to optimize the deliverability and success of your emails. Um, super grateful to have learned so much from Evan at Fundamental Marketing over the years. And uh, of course, I'll have links in the show notes to showcase um, his brilliance and his services. Um, but I, at the very least, at least now you are equipped with some strategies and tips to make sure that your email domain is healthy, it's authenticated, that your emails are more likely to be delivered into people's inboxes. And of course, that your list is nice and clean and they are taking action. Because you spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and invest money into guesting on podcasts and you are sharing leads, you want to grow your e-list. So, you know, make sure that you get a lot of ROI out of that and make sure that people that are coming onto your list are then being nurtured by your content, receiving emails and hopefully buying from you. So I hope that helps. And until uh, next week, happy emailing. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. Your next step, head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you want to leverage your podcast for higher ROI, then get my free podcast leverage system training at leverageyourpodcast.com slash free.